Hey guys, it's Blake, and you're listening to an all-new episode of Blonde Hair, Black Heart. I'm back after a brief hiatus. I took some time off because my husband and I bought a new house, so I was focusing on moving and getting us settled. But before we moved in, I was overseeing some projects we had going on in the house, and it ended up being quite the clusterfuck. In fact, I ended up having my life threatened by a handyman. Yeah. So basically, I had hired this guy named Patrick off of Facebook to do some random work for me like a year ago, and I continued to use him anytime that I needed stuff done. Um, He did paint work for me, he installed cabinet handles and door hinges and like some other random odd jobs around my old house. And several times over the last year, he actually would message me and basically say, hey, I'm really strapped for cash and I really need work. And um, he would ask me if I had any projects and I would literally just find stuff for him to do around my house. So I messaged him pretty much right when we went into escrow on the new house, and I let him know that once we closed, we were going to have a bunch of work for him to do and to plan on it. So I gave him the list of all the projects, and we scheduled our movers for exactly two weeks after we got the keys, so he would have plenty of time to get all of this done. We needed him to paint four accent walls and replace five ceiling fans and two light fixtures. In my mind, that's like a few days worth of work, and that's exactly what he told me. In fact, he said that it would probably take a couple days, which is less than a few. He also told me that he would charge me hourly, but the hourly rate was really low, so I was like, yeah, sure, if it's just going to be a couple days, like, no biggie. By the end of day three on the job, Patrick had pretty much only removed all of the old ceiling fans and light fixtures, and he had tarped and taped all the walls that needed painting and done, like, one coat on each of them. So then he tells me he was having surgery on his mouth the next day, and he wouldn't be able to come back for a week until the next Friday. At that point, I paid him for the work that he had done so far and sent him on his way to have his random surprise surgery. Obviously, I was frustrated, but he assured me that he would only need one more day when he came back, and I said okay. You know, I trusted this guy because he had done work for me in the past. Believe me, I would not have trusted some rando if I didn't have any sort of previous experience with him, but now I've learned trust no one. (laughs) So that night after he left, he starts messaging me frantically about how I need to go over to the new house and remove all of the painter's tape and tear all the tarp down. He says if it stays up all week, it'll likely peel off some of the paint and it won't look perfect, and obviously he knows me well enough to know that it has to look perfect. So I go back that night and I spend probably like an hour going around and pulling down tape and tarp. The next week on Friday, when he was supposed to come back to start the work again, I get a message from Patrick saying that he's in a lot of pain and he wouldn't be able to make it. I told him right then and there that I was really disappointed and I didn't know about the surgery when I hired him and I had specifically told him we wanted all of this work done before we moved in, which was on Sunday. Especially the painting. For reference, we did four black accent walls. Black. I was not about to have black paint splattering all over my furniture, obviously. He was apologetic, and he assured me that it would all be done before our movers came that Sunday, and he even told me he would bring another guy with him the next day to get all of the work done. So I told him that was fine, but it all needed to be done. Period. The next morning, he and his worker buddy show up at like 8am to finish the project. Now remember, all that's left to do is add a second coat of paint to four accent walls, and then install the ceiling fans and light fixtures into places that were already pre-wired and ready to go. There is absolutely no reason that two guys shouldn't be able to get this done in a day. Well, these idiots found a reason. And it's called incompetency. 
At 6 p.m., there were still two light fixtures that needed to be hung, a ceiling fan that was completely wobbly, and four other ceiling fans that were all operating on the same remote control. Our house was also a complete fucking mess. I was so confused, and as the day was wrapping up and Patrick asked for a check for him and his buddy, I asked him what the fuck they'd been doing all day. He was like, well, I had to reprep everything for the painting, and that took me like five hours. I literally laughed at him and basically told him I would not be paying for him to prep the job twice because he didn't schedule his work properly. I said, I'll go ahead and I'll pay your buddy for his time, but you and I need to discuss the scope of this project and we can figure out what I still owe you when all the work is done. He looked shocked and didn't like this, so he basically said, well, if that's how you feel, then I just want to be paid now for what I've done and I can be done with the project. I kind of laughed again because obviously he thought he was calling my bluff or something, but I was like, fine by me. We literally were moving in the next day, and at this point I didn't even want to deal with this clown anymore. He said he was shocked that I was so upset, which is weird, and I even told him that. I was like, I straight up said to you the other day that I was disappointed with the progress of this project. I don't know how you're surprised that I'm not happy that it's not done yet. So I wrote his friend a check for the full day at his full hourly rate, and then I told Patrick that I would pay him for his time, less the time it took to prep again. I wasn't paying for his incompetency. Now this really set him off. He went from confused to angry. He started getting so red and sweaty, and he was like, this isn't fair. I expect to be paid for my time. I told him, bro, you have been paid for your time and then some. This project should have been a couple of days tops. It has now been four full days, and one of those days I had to pay two people. He quoted me the price, and he quoted me how long it would take, and he was wrong. It's his job to know how long a project will take, or at least be able to reasonably approximate it. It's also his job to schedule the workflow. If you knew you were going to have to stop the job to go do your surgery, and you also know that you can't leave the painting prep up, why didn't you get all of the painting stuff done first and then, you know, come back to just do the lights? None of it makes sense, and it's all on him. So I wrote him his check for basically half of the day's worth of work, and now there's literal fire in his eyes. He starts screaming for my husband, who was in our bathroom taking a shower. Literally goes into the hallway and starts screaming, Matt! Matt! I even said to him, why are you calling for him? Do you think he's going to come out and take your side? So eventually, Matt comes running out in his towel and is like, uh, yes? Patrick shows him the check and goes, do you think this is fair? As predicted, my well-trained husband goes, well, if Blake says it's fair, it's fair. Obviously, this pisses Patrick off more because in all of his stupidity, he actually expected someone else's husband to have his back. And he goes, I swear to God, guys, I couldn't even make this up if I tried. He says to me, I have your dad's phone number. Do you want me to call him? <laughs> okay, Peggy Salahian with a have your daddy call my daddy bullshit. Like, what? First of all, I'm not 10. I'm a 33-year-old man. Call my fucking dad. What the hell do I care? And second of all, you have my dad's phone number because I referred you to him for work, you clown. Once again, I laughed in his face. I literally said to him, call my dad. Go for it. Knock yourself out. Obviously, he was looking for a reaction that he wasn't getting. So he took a deep breath and he said to me, I don't make threats, Blake but you'll be sorry. Okay, for a split second, I was like, okay, Patrick, have your Heather Dubrow moment. But for real, I was like, what are you going to do, Patrick? Are you going to hit me? And he was like, no, but I'll sue you. <laughs> okay, guys, so I told you I paid him for half of the day. The amount that he was upset over and is now threatening to sue me over was far less than any attorney's hourly rate. 
but he was way too stupid to know this, and I made sure to tell him that. I also told him that any lawyer would laugh in his face if he wanted to sue someone over like 60 bucks, especially when he was paid around a grand in total, and he didn't even finish the fucking job. I told him to gather his shit and kindly get out of my house. We're done. Please leave. See, Patrick, we can both have our Heather moments. So my husband and I spent the rest of the night cleaning up our house, pulling down the tape and tarp again, and making plans to have the rest of the light fixtures installed and the ceiling fans rewired so that we turned on the light in our bedroom it wouldn't turn off in the guest room, because who the fuck wants that? We moved in the next day, and our house looks amazing, and I'm in love with it, but that's because a really nice guy named Ron came and finished all the work in three hours flat by himself. God bless you, Ron. So that's the story about how my seemingly simple home projects took a turn for the worst, and I was threatened by an idiot who doesn't know how to manage his own time. All for some black accent walls. But the walls look fucking sick, so no regrets. Okay guys, do you want to hear a really juicy story? Like, this is some Vanderpump Rules shit. So, a few years ago, my husband became friends with this girl named Eliza at the gym, and it turned out that she was the younger sister of a girl that I grew up with and went to school with. So, we started hanging out with Eliza, and she eventually started dating this other guy who worked at the gym, named Ryan. About nine months ago or so, me and Matt and Ryan and Eliza all went out to dinner because Ryan wanted to get out of the fitness industry and find a more corporate job. So my husband told him about how he got his position doing marketing in the hospitality industry, and he told Ryan about some openings at his resort. So Ryan applied, and with Matt's referral, he ended up getting a job. Flash forward to present time. Me and my husband had some of his work friends over this weekend to hang out at our pool, and when one of his coworkers arrived, she immediately told us she had some juicy work gossip. Obviously, my ears perked up. She tells us about how this girl, Sam, who has a longtime boyfriend, was caught having sex with someone in one of the guest rooms at the resort by the housekeepers and was fired. Shocking, right? I mean, sure, but I don't know Sam, so whatever. But then we hear who Sam was having sex with. Ryan. So now my husband has to tell Eliza that Ryan was caught having sex with someone else at work. Like I said, where's LVP and a camera crew? Like, this is some Jackson Laura Lee shit right here. And I feel horrible for Eliza. I am a no-cheating-whatsoever kind of guy. There's no second chances with me. But I understand how or why people make concessions for their partners. Like, sometimes it's easy to make excuses. They were drunk. They were out partying. They were in Las Vegas. But this guy's at work. If you can't trust your man to keep his dick in his pants at his job, you can't trust this guy anywhere. So anyways, I will definitely let you guys know what happens. To be continued. One of the best things about growing up in Arizona is that there's incredible Mexican food on every street corner. And you know what goes best with good Mexican food? Traditional Mexican horchata. Don't know what horchata is? It's creamy, delicious rice milk flavored with cinnamon, vanilla, and sugar. Okay, you thirsty now? Me too. Luckily, even if you're far from the southern border, you can get your horchata fix every day with cinnamon. Cinnamon is a brand created by my good friend Tyler, who is even more obsessed with horchata and all things cinnamon than I am. He's developed all natural skincare products and more, crafted in California with ethically sourced ingredients and infused with real cinnamon. Have you heard of the antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, or antioxidant properties of cinnamon when applied to the skin? Or how about how it helps treat acne? 
What about how cinnamon promotes blood flow, helping with skin elasticity by bringing blood flow to the surface of the skin and helping to moisturize skin with all of that added circulation? Some of my personal favorite products from Sinmin are their signature lip balm that gives your lips a sweet tingle and a subtle natural plump, their all-natural deodorant developed for sensitive skin, and the Coco Chata body beverage that leaves your body hydrated and smelling like heaven. They even have candles and air fresheners to keep your entire home, car, or office smelling like your favorite dessert. With Sinmin, you'll enjoy all the benefits Sinmin has to offer your skin and your senses. Visit Sinmin.com, that's S-I-N-M-I-N.com, and use code Blake at checkout for 15% off your total order today and receive free shipping on all orders over $50. That's code Blake for 15% off your order at Sinmin.com. I may have a black heart, but I can be sweet sometimes, and Sinmin definitely helps. Okay guys, so I know everyone saw that this weekend was the wedding of Real Housewife of New Jersey's Teresa and Louie. The wedding comes just as their upcoming season finished, filming days beforehand, and the wedding events were all filmed for a spin-off show. Supposedly, at the final filming for RHONJ, wow, I did, I said that really good, I like honestly thought I was gonna fuck that up. Okay, so at the filming for RHONJ, no, damn it, RHONJ, lots of drama ensued that included the Gorgas and Teresa. What else is new, right? Well, apparently, Teresa and some of the other ladies are accusing Melissa of cheating on Joe, which caused a whole kerfuffle and <laughs> kerfuffle and led to Melissa and Joe choosing not to attend the wedding. Another invitee who didn't attend? Dina Manzo. Okay, so Dina and Teresa have remained very good friends and have been photographed vacationing together with their significant others several times over the last year, so this one surprised people. But completely unrelated to the wedding, I do have some Dina tea. So as I mentioned earlier, and as many of you may have already known, my husband works for a resort brand that has actually been featured on The Real Housewives a couple of times. Think wellness, zen. So one of his coworkers, who is a friend of ours, told us this story. Um, apparently, several months ago, Dina and her boyfriend Dave came and stayed at the resort. Long story short, they basically complained and bitched about everything and ended up stiffing the resort for like thousands of dollars worth of services. They also went to a local steakhouse for dinner and apparently caused a whole scene there and were complaining about everything. And then coming home, they were late for some nighttime moon meditation or something. Um, but they missed it and they were still charged because they had booked it and the person leading it had stayed late and everything. And they just lost it over this and refused to pay. Um, everyone that dealt with them said that they were both nightmares, especially Dave, who was basically acting like a mob boss and, like, threatening people. But it's just so funny because Dina's entire persona is, like, this meditation mama who's super grounded and chill and zen, and that apparently was just not the case whatsoever. Anyways, people are curious as to what happened between she and Teresa, but yeah, Dina was a no-show at the wedding. Ramona was also not in attendance, despite posting all of the wedding details on her IG story a few months ago. Now, I wonder if her absence was her choice or Teresa's. One person who did attend the wedding, however, was the Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, oh, wait, that was just the Bride of Louis. My bad. Okay, let's talk about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Rinna prepares some tea in her rat-infested kitchen before making some phone calls, and then Sutton makes a bowl full of mayonnaise. I mean, chicken salad. Basically, the first five minutes of this episode had me absolutely gagging and not in a good way. And I like mayo, but I mean, Sutton already is mayo personified. <laughs> so this was just like mayo overload. 
And then the Wonder Bread. I mean, I'm as white as they come, but... <coughs> I will say, though, I really liked Sutton's backsplash. Can someone find out what those tiles are and send them to me? Please and thank you. Garcelle and Dorit go out for dinner and they discuss PK's quote-unquote DUI and how he wasn't charged and was later driven home by the police. Hashtag must be nice. Um, I actually got fake arrested once, uh, but I legitimately was dead sober. I actually was sick. I had like a, a head cold or something and I went out to meet some friends and I did not drink at all. And that's not out of the norm for me. I'm not a heavy drinker, period. Um, I do like to hit my vape pen though. But yeah, I, I was dead sober and I was driving home and I was speeding, uh, living in LA at the time and I got pulled over. And they did a breathalyzer on me and it, it didn't give a reading like it, it didn't work for whatever reason. Um, and so they basically were like, we have to take you down to the station to breathalyze you there. Um, so they did had my car towed. I went to the station. They breathalyzed me. I blew a 0.0 and then they let me go. And I was like 45 minutes away in South LA without my car. And I didn't know where I was. And I remember asking someone like if there was like a coffee shop nearby or something that I could go use a phone. And they like laughed at me. They were like, there ain't no Starbucks around here, you little bitch. And then I cried and I called my mom. And I was not young when this happened. I was like 27. No, maybe maybe 25. Maybe 24. Eh, I was like 30. Okay. <laughs> so Garcelle tells Dorit about Erica blacking out and hitting her head and how Erica thinks that Sutton is a liability for Garcelle. Dorit says that Garcelle isn't the type to get taken over the cliff by a friend. She's not a Thelma and Louise kind of gal. Was this a compliment or an insult? I feel like most people want their friends to be ride or die. But... There is absolutely something to be said about someone who will stand their ground and tell you when you're about to drive over the cliff and then jump out of the car before it goes over the edge. I mean, honestly, why do you both need to die just because one of you doesn't know how to drive? Metaphorically speaking, of course. Erica reveals that she wants to be a part-time dominatrix, and she basically confirms the Army Hammer stories. Erica full-on describes becoming a sex worker. She says that she would like to have no more than five clients at a time, which is just lazy if you ask me. You know, you've got to make your way in the biz before you can be picky like that, Erica. Rinna and Sutton go out to dinner, and they have the most awkward conversation I think I have ever seen on The Housewives. It's like 30 minutes of them both saying, I love you, but I hate you. You're a bitch, but you're fun. You're great, but you're also awful. Cheers! Rinna says that she wants to, and she needs to, let go of the drama from Gallagate. It's over. It was silly. Sutton apologizes, and Lisa says she has to move on. But it's just fun for her to torture Sutton. Lisa's twisted. I feel like that kind of sums her up. She likes to torture people, including the audience. <laughs> Sutton compares Rinna to the Grinch, which is actually such a good analogy, truly. I mean, if she dyed that spiked hair green, you know? Rinna has her Rinna Rosé event, and Sutton shows up looking like a straight-up colonial-era wig maker or something. Like, the silhouette of this outfit is horrendous on her. She buys such expensive and beautiful pieces, but she styles them so oddly, and she doesn't dress for her body type, which is short and square. So why wear a jacket that's shorter and squarer? Like, cinch that waist, girl! Garcelle comes in looking like caution tape, but make it Balenciaga. And TBH, I was into it. Crystal's eating disorder comes up in one of the most inappropriate conversations ever. 
The rest of the ladies are judging her response to her own eating disorder. Dorit's revealing very private and personal stuff that Crystal is like purging, which is something that she'd never revealed before on camera. Um, I do have to acknowledge that Sutton was the only one who didn't join in on the conversation. You know, they didn't really gossip back in the colonial days. So they do the Rinna Rosé wine tasting, and all I can think is cheater brand. Garcelle pulls Erica aside to have a conversation with her about the Sutton being a liability comment. It's really interesting because I see both of them being pretty hypocritical here, which I know is par for the course for the Real Housewives. But seeing Erica saying that Garcelle defends her friends too strongly and sometimes she needs to just let them fight their own battles is so hilarious given the entire MO of the faux Fox Five. And hearing Garcelle saying that she doesn't think it's a bad thing to blindly have Sutton's back or Denise's back when she's made comments about how she thinks Kyle, for example, blindly takes sides and jumps into things that she could sit out of is also hypocritical. So the two hypocrites return to the group and Sutton immediately says in front of everybody that she does not appreciate being called a liability. Sutton asks, why do you think I'm a liability? I actually think Erica responded pretty well here and pretty calmly and in a way that makes sense for once. <laughs> Again, though, they're all fighting with each other over the same shit. They all want to have each other's back when it's convenient, and they all want to be allowed to fight their own battles when it's convenient, and let's be real, none of this is convenient. Erica explains that the ladies feel like Sutton took advantage of her friendship with Garcelle and used Garcelle's issues with Lisa Rinna to attack Rinna herself. Erica says that Sutton also attacked Harry. Now, this sets Rinna off, because as we all know, you don't ever mention the husband. She loses it. And after the lunch that she and Sutton had literally the day before, where she laughed about the subject of Gallagate and insisted that she needed and wanted to get over it, this just shows how unhinged Rinna is. Either that or how manipulative she is. If she could sit with Sutton and play it one way and then get in front of the ladies and play it a completely different way, if it's unintentional, then Rinna's a nut job, and if it's intentional, then Rinna's a monster. Sutton even says that she isn't surprised Rinna would change her tune when she has an audience. Sutton says, I want you to forgive me because I do like you, to which Rinna replies by mocking her accent and then is like, you don't respect me. But how much do you respect her if you're mocking her? Rinna admits that she's talked so fucking nasty behind her back. So like, who are you to demand respect or even ask for respect from Sutton when you're clearly going around disrespecting her every chance you can? Rinna, sit down, girl. Sutton tells Rinna that she's talking out of both sides of her mouth, which can't be that hard since both sides of her mouth are huge, and Rinna snaps and tells Sutton to get the fuck out of her house. Sutton sits there, completely unfazed, which I loved, and she doesn't leave. Ballsy, ballsy move. Those colonial wig makers were great at handling conflict. Sutton apologizes to Rinna once again, and she says she's sorry for humiliating her and Harry. Lisa says, completely drunkenly, you didn't humiliate me, you only humiliated yourself, and me, and Harry. <laughs> you can't make this up, guys. The lack of self-awareness is just such a gift <laughs> to us. So thank you, Rinna, for being completely and utterly delusional. We're forever grateful. Okay, guys, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining me after a much-needed but much-too-long hiatus. I won't let that happen again. Make sure to follow along with me on social media, at Blondehair, Blackheart, and give the podcast a little five-star rating or review. I love your kind words. And if you have something mean to say, fuck you. <laughs> uh -huh.